Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Weekend Ball Podcast. I am Alex Adams live here in Ottawa, Ontario. Yeah, that's a bit of a change. Uh, I am joined by Jonathan Chen the best guy in covering this team and uh, he'll have a, a piece out about Canada making the semifinals. I mean, just how excited are you? And, and let maybe recap a little bit, just your excitement after that amazing game by Canada coming back and beating Spain and uh, now in the semifinals against Serbia, who is a good team, but I like Canada's chances. So uh, I, as a, as someone covering this, I'm really cheering for Canada, USA, because that would <laughs> make our jobs quite easy for getting people to be interested. So, um, right. thanks again, Jonathan, you're the best at covering this. I, I always feel like I learn a lot of things when I read your work. So, uh, how's it going? How's, uh, how's it feeling covering this team? And now they're in the semifinals of a FIBA world cup. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Thanks. First of all, thanks for the kind words. You know, you're the hardest working man, you know, when all the way to Jakarta. I don't know about that. Back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like honestly, this this tournament has been a, a whirlwind. Um, you know, I think I was definitely a lot more pessimistic at the beginning uh, before the tournament started, mainly just because I've been burned too many times before in the past mm-hmm. um, with the senior men's national team. But, you know, this te- this this edition looks different. Um, and Shay leading the way, having a player of that caliber all NBA first team probably might be the MVP of this tournament. We'll see um, how things shake out, but yeah, it's just been incredible. And it's been incredible to kind of see the, the growing kind of excitement and interest, mm-hmm. especially on like Twitter, for example, you know, um, cause you know, during the Raptor seasons uh, or the NBA season, you know, I think most people are kind of focused of course on the Toronto Raptors and the NBA. Um, and then, you know, the Canada basketball stuff isn't as kind of, relevant so it's, it's cool to see kind of everybody who is on raptors twitter kind of just shifting over to canada basketball twitter um so yeah so it's been fun and honestly like honestly this it's just been a great ride and i i don't want it to end um I, which which is good it might i mean it's gonna end on sunday but you know it's no and glass half full even if they are to lose to serbia they're gonna be playing for a medal which is just really cool and um, that would be awesome, even if it's a silver or a bronze. Um, fourth place would suck, but uh, either way, <laughs> yeah. there's going to be two very meaningful games, and yep. maybe more meaningful if they win the semifinals against Serbia and and maybe play a USA. That would be, as I said, amazing. But overall, this team has accomplished what we wanted as as Canadian basketball fans, and that is to put this program on the map, to go deep in a tournament. I mean, yeah. they finally had the the talent all together, but they were they were inches. They were a Dylan Brooks bad shooting game away from not even making it to the Olympics, or at least not directly. Man, oh man, uh, things can change quickly. Uh, I'm I'm sure if you were asking both of us after the third quarter uh, in the Spain game, I don't know oh, if yeah. we'd be sitting here saying, "Oh, Canada's in the semis," and. Uh, I mean, I don't know as much about the Serbians. I think they're a really, really good team, but yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely Canada has a good chance of winning that game. It's not the USA. 
um, that, right, they, right. that they, they might even be favored depending on how you see it. But um, overall, uh, just amazing. And let's, let's talk about this game specifically. Like right. how was Canada able to stifle this team who I believe I didn't see it at the end. Were they 14 of 25 from three Slovenia, 31. So they're yeah, 15, they, they, 15 of 31. So 15 of 31, which is just yeah. crazy. And they started 10 of 17 at yeah. one point and they were just hanging with Canada. And I don't know if, if, if that was something you felt that basically the fact that Canada wasn't down double digits and Slovenia <laughs> was shooting 60, 70% was a good indicator. That's how I felt at halftime when it was 50-50. But just talk about maybe how Canada won this game and maybe really corralled Luca, who obviously played amazing, but didn't wasn't as efficient as he could have been, thanks in large part to 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 Lou Dort, but specifically Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I think obviously the the kind of main challenge coming into this game was going to be how Canada was going to choose to defend Luca. Um and you know I, I, yesterday, all day yesterday, you know, there were so many different debates online about should they blitz him, you know, play drop, switch, you know, and then, you know, each of those kind of schemes, they had their kind of pros and cons and, you know, the, the other mm-hmm. kind of three players and not involved in the initial pick and roll, they would have to be able to rotate in different situations. Um, so I, I think, so what Jordy ended up doing was they were pretty comfortable just switching everything. Mm-hmm. Um, even if that man putting Dwight Powell on Luca uh, and Kyle Alexander on Luca and having them defend on the perimeter, uh, especially that first quarter, they were just saying, okay, we're just going to switch. We don't care. Um, which kind of concerned me a little. I'm not going to lie. Like, like they held up pretty well, especially Kyle Alexander, which, you know, yeah, I know as your, driver your, your of this, boy. Uh, was she uh, this bad wagon, but I think, like that was a really kind of surprising decision to me. I thought it was going to be more kind of blitzing or like hedging and like making sure the big doesn't switch onto Luca because you know we've seen Luca just eviscerate like Zubats for example on the Clippers where they just switch and he's just gonna like he kills them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he was still like he hit a couple step back threes. I think in he the was first really quarter. he was really going after Dwight in the first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think in the, like I wrote in the the post-game piece, in the second quarter, we got like a glimpse of it before Powell got into like foul trouble. But it's like, um, I don't know if you know, but thinking basketball, like Ben Taylor, he um, he called it like the shift defense uh, in a video a couple months ago. It's like basically, so they switch it, right? And Powell is guarding Luca, and Luca pulls it out all the way to the perimeter. And then the closest like perimeter defender, like Dort or Barrett would just run over and double like immediately. Yeah like before Luca could start his move basically. Um, and then they would kind of rotate off of that. And I thought that was really interesting. And I thought that was like a nice little wrinkle to add on top. It seemed to work um, too. Yeah. But then it was like, just one, it was one possession where Luca, they did it twice because there was like a foul or like an offensive rebound and then they reset and they did it again. But then Powell picked up his second and they went with that, like all wings lineup uh, where it was just like, just running back and forth, both teams just playing all wings, which was uh it was kind of ridiculous to watch, but I think I was surprised at how effective the switching was. And, you know, in the third and in the second half, it was just really like Dylan Brooks kind of just putting in the work before, like before the catch and then doing a great job. Um, and I think a lot of those kind of fouls that or no calls that Luca was complaining about were like, I think things that he would used to get in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, especially a lot of those kind of like where he pump fakes and then he like 
um, leads in. in. Um, but I, yeah, I, you know, I think they did a good job. I didn't feel, and maybe this is my Canada basketball fan like I, but I didn't feel he we were getting away with a bunch of calls against him. It didn't feel that way, especially on the Brooks matchup, which was yeah. primarily where he was complaining about. There's that video sports that kept showing of the one where he got a I don't I don't think he got a tech on that, but it was really early in the third quarter and he tried to back down Brooks and takes this fade away and kind of yeah. leans in, shoves and got a um complain and i'm thinking well what what the, there's no foul there right like there's just <laughs> you just yeah. you can't outbody brooks and before this game i thought i was weirdly very optimistic for canada maybe just mm. because they got over that hump but at the same time they had maybe the two best defenders to put on luka doncic and lou dort and Dil- especially dylan brooks right just having the strength to to match up with him but at the same time being just a hound and being able to be really physical and strong, right? Like that's something that Luca yep. is one of the biggest parts of the game is just, he's too big for you. He's six, eight, uh, depends on how he's feeling and, and his, his eating habits, but um, in terms of uh, his weight, but he's just a huge guy um, and yep. that really helps his game. And Canada has those two guard, those two wings that just yeah. were amazing against him. And, um, you know, he didn't, he shot below f- uh, 30 per- or 40%. Was it 40%? I'll double check the the stat line, but um, he shot eight of 20 yeah. um, from two. He only made, um, he was four of 14. He made a lot of step back threes and it's like, okay, but if Luke is going to kill you on step back threes, like, okay, I'll, I'll live with that. Even in the NBA, he's not the most efficient, but he can just make it. Um, and he was amazing from three. Like it's crazy that they, were so get, made so many shots and Canada run a, ran away with this game at the end. And people might talk and quibble about, oh, bro, like Luca got, uh, you know, teched out. But I believe Canada was up 16 at the time, so or 15. So with seven or eight minutes left in the game, that's not really, oh, uh, Slovenia was clearly going to come back and win that game. So um, yeah. overall, I just thought, uh, Slovenia played an amazing game and Canada won handily and that shows you where this program at is at this right now where this team is at and I really like their chances moving forward in this tournament uh, they they played great offensively and um, at the same time Slovenia just had no one to guard SGA just absolutely no mm. one and that might be a bit different against Slovenia uh, against Serbia sorry that has a bit more wing depth and, and defenders yeah, I think, you know, Slovenia, I think the coming into the game, the big worry was, of course, like it's a single elimination and like Luca can, you know, a player of his caliber could turn the tide in one game. Um, but I think, you know, if you look at kind of the all the quarterfinalists, I think mm-hmm. it's pretty clear they were a bottom tier uh, quarterfinalist. Like, um, I guess like in the Italy, Latvia is probably in their kind of bottom tier. And then it's like Slovenia next. Mm-hmm. Um and so, like, I think, you know, I think coming into the game, as long as we solve, like, the, the Luka defensive kind of decisions and schemes, we would get, we were going to be in um, kind of good shape. And I think, yeah, like you talked about, like, the four for 14 from, like, two-point field goals is kind of unheard of because, you know, Luka is so, he's so crafty in the in-between game, you know. He has so many counters in the post where if you overplay on this side, he's going to spin. And then mm-hmm. the pump fake, and you know, of course, of his like elite deceleration, um, where he gets like a lot of good looks um, because his defender just kind of keeps moving forward or moving backwards. Um, and I, I thought like they didn't like those moves 
did happen. But I think he missed a lot of those kind of little push shots or a little in between um, or in the post up where he's like falling away after leaning in. Like a lot of these shots he was just missing. And that's like a credit to Canada's um, defensive effort from Powell um, when he got switched on to him from Brooks, from Dor. And yeah, like I had that like thread yesterday where I was looking at like the the NBA matchup data, which mm-hmm. is like obviously flawed. Um, yeah. And there's some issues with it, but, and it's of course very small sample size, but like I think the highlights were like Dylan Brooks, he got killed in 2021, 2022 in that one game. But uh, in 2020, in the 2020, 2021 season, um, you know, he held Luca to 33.3% from the wow. field um in 68 partial possessions that's like how kind of they, they measure mm-hmm. it and then last year Dort was like fantastic because he had 277 possessions guarding Luca and he had Luca to 35 percent from the wow. field um so yeah you know the you know the matchup data isn't always the most accurate but I think like that kind of confirmed a little bit about you know the eye test um mm-hmm. just looking at how Dort and Brooks were going to be really the the primary defenders and then you know, I, I looked at some other candidates like Barrett and Shea, but like, you know, those are like just two small sample size and like it was just swung by like, you know, yeah. one or two possessions. Um, but yeah, I think I, I was surprised though that Mike Toby on Slovenia didn't have a larger impact on the game. Yeah. And, you know, that, that I, I know he, 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 or so originally I was pretty on board with blitzing Luca and just getting the ball out of his hands and saying, you know what, Slovenia, let the rest of the four guys kind of beat us. And you know, they did that. They were doing that. They were beating us almost. <laughs> yeah, but then I think the, I I watched, Um, I think Grant, I don't remember his Twitter Asif? handle. But Asif? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, um, I know him a little bit. Yeah, so he, he had a video covering how Australia was defending Slovenia and how they were ultra aggressive because, you know, they didn't, they didn't have a rim protector or because of the, the Landale angle injury. Um, and they were blitzing Luca at every basic um, opportunity. And what that opened was Mike Toby in the short roll, kind of slinging passes and like pinging it to the corner or, you know, hitting cutters or then, you know, him taking layups himself because, you know, he is a seven footer. Um, and so after that kind of game and seeing how Germany was a little more conservative, I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't blitz mm-hmm. Luca like that. Um, but yeah, you know, I know. I know. Um, yeah. So I think Mike Toby kind of surprised me with. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't play well. He just. Yeah. yeah I, I thought they just played him pretty straight up. I didn't. It didn't feel like even if they were blitzing or 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 switching, they weren't really giving him any mismatches. Like it, it, I just, he just was not noticeable in this game. He made a couple shots around the rim. I don't even know if he made a three, but uh, no, he was no, just. He part of me. He he didn't make a three. He didn't make yeah, three. which is he was the only one in Slovenia not to make a three um in this game. So uh yeah, but let, let's go back to to Canada. We've I think we've touched on Luca enough and and how Canada yeah. has just played so well. But my God, SGA! I was watching the the first. He got eight points in the first quarter, and mm-hmm. I just felt oh my God, it him against a non Spain or a non Brazil even or France just there's so much space for him against Slovenia. Like it, they had no one to guard him. He could essentially get to any spot he wanted to. He could draw fi- uh, fouls at uh, at will. Sorry. Um, yeah. He was eight of 12 from the field. 
He was 14 of 16 from the free throw line, which seems to be a trend of him in double digits from the free throw line and converting. Um, so it was just, you just could tell, oh, okay, this as good as Slovenia might be offensively, they have no way to stop him. Uh, now maybe I, my worry was it's him versus Doncic and maybe they just, he just is a better passer and yeah. Slovenia got hot and um, just make a bu- bunch more shots. But you really felt, okay, Canada will be able to score in this game. And they did. They, they scored 100 points, which was the most points they've scored in a meaningful game. I'm going to take out Lebanon out of the yeah. equation. I get, or maybe, did they score? I don't think they got 100 against, maybe they got 101. They had 101 against uh, Latvia. But even then, um, just uh, a really, really great performance. He is rebounding. He had 10 rebounds. And a couple of those ones in the fourth quarter where, He's leaping out and stretching out to to get that ball or the offensive rebound where uh, with maybe three or four minutes left where it really felt like Slovenia was, if they could just get a three and a stop, could come back and you're thinking, uh-oh, uh-oh, don't do this. And he gets that offensive rebound, goes to the free throw line, goes, puts the game to about 11 points uh, a lead and it didn't really get close after that. So he just understands the moment, knows what to do, is so gifted offensively. Um, and if you don't have great def- wing defenders or even just guard defenders, he's just going to eat you up. And uh, that's what he did today. And um, I, I just, uh, I'm not saying he's better than Luca. I still felt in this game that Luca might miss a bit better. Um, but I mean, I mean, we could have that debate if you if you feel inclined. But overall, <laughs> just what a phenomenal player! And uh, just to have him on your on your side at the end of these games just gives you so much confidence, right? Like. Then that Spain game, he hits that game. It wasn't the game-winning shot, but the game, the shot that really put Canada ahead to to win the game. And he's like, calm down, calm down. I don't think his pulse ever hits over like 60 or something. He's like, um, he's just amazing. And covering him in in Jakarta, when they lost to Brazil, he did media for a bit. And it seemed as though he was just out for a walk. Nothing wrong, nothing, good day. I'm not saying he was higher happy, of course, but even when they win, it's even keel. Even when they lose, it's even keel. And that's such an important factor to have in your best player um, and just gives you so much confidence. Unlike Luca, who got gets kicked out of the game because he's getting emotional. I'm not saying you should have got that other T, but that's the difference between those two guys. And you have to stay on the court, right? And, and not give up techs all the time. Yeah, I think I think an interesting thing was I'm looking at the the box score right now, and you know there was a lot of talk I think from Arash's reporting about uh, him playing 30 or 32 minutes. Um, Did he end up with? He he had 36, and so I think it was like because I think it was um he was at 16 16 like 16 minutes 16 seconds at half, um, and then he finished with 36 16. So he basically played the whole second half. And, you know, I was worried because, you know, Sam, Pre- Sam Presti looked like he made the call. He was like, yo, you guys <laughs> I don't know about that. Picks, you know? I'm going to call you up and be like, but I think, yeah, I, I don't know what that was about. But uh, I'm glad to see that he got to play extended minutes because, you know, this is, this is, you know, the knockout stages. Um, and I think and really, like his performances, he, you know, wait, wait, 30 against Spain with 12 shots. 31 against Slovenia on 12 shots um, and a boatload of free throws, of course. But I think it's just, this is 
what I think everybody hoped to see from SGA or thought or the saw the potential in Shea um, as an All-NBA kind of MVP caliber player. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's just cool to see that Canada has that. And that's what we've been missing, you know, since Steve Nash um, stopped playing for the senior men's national team and retired. We, we just haven't, yes, we've had a lot of NBA talent come in and play, but we haven't had that top tier player where he's arguably the best player in the tournament. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, talent wins out and having a player like Shea on offense, it's, it's just, you know, he can get you a shot whenever you need it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, all of his kind of physical tools and, you know, his basketball skill, it's just, it's just a really unique blend and it makes him so dangerous. And I think, you know, we, even the, some of the games where he's not kind of scoring as much, you know, we see the defensive attention that other teams are paying to him, you know, you know, they're, they're collapsing on his pick and rolls on his drives. They're bringing, you know, three, four, five players sometimes to collapse into the paint. Um, you know, and that, that opens up things for other players. Um, so yeah, we're, we're just really lucky that he, he's Canadian, but he's also committed to playing. Um, cause he, he, you know, honestly, he's been the guy kind of driving this summer core, um, since it, since it started. Um, I think, you know, honestly, without his commitment, I, I don't know like how good Canada is going to be doing at these like big international stage events. Um, so yeah. And I think a lot of the rest of the way, he's probably the best player on the court, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. is always, that always gives you a chance, you know? Yeah. I mean, more than that, especially it's not as though Canada has a bunch of scrubs around oh, him. Of course. No of offense course. to to Slovenia, which that really, I'm not saying they're scrubs, but just not the same caliber of yeah. players right like Olenek didn't even have a big role today and like he, he on Slovenia I feel he's like their 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 second best player so um and it's been interesting to see him kind of take a lesser role but I also think yeah. it makes sense that he isn't a great defender um and him and Powell on the court is not necessarily the best kind of defensive lineup and then matchup wise right maybe that's different mm-hmm. against a team like um serbia i'm not sure but a little bigger yeah they're they're a bit bigger right um and uh but i I mean it's interesting that he's taken a a lesser role and hasn't seemed to quibble with it um that i I mean i think it's a bit easier in a like for your team like or for your nation right in that environment when you're playing for your country compared to maybe an nba where you want to make that money um and and don't want a lower role um but overall man uh, just what a performance and and Shea starting the game so well was something this team hasn't he hasn't done it it was the most points he scored in the first quarter of any of the games so far and that really set the tone I thought RJ his points might make it look like he was better than he was yeah, he, nine of yeah, 22. Sure, yeah. he really didn't do anything too noticeable outside of transition but that's what he's good at is transition and you need that's part of the game too right it's not basketball yep, is in yeah. half court three on three no offense to three on three um but it's it's more than just uh half court sets and who's this like who runs the best pin downs and spain pick and roll or pick and rolls and stuff right right yeah um it's it's in transition and, and every time I, I my family could attest to this every time they got the ball off a long rebound i'm like run 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 because every time they ran mostly good things happened and he was great in transition he had that big dunk um, to start the fourth quarter from a great pass from Olenek. Um, yeah. Just even if he can get 16 to 18 points 
in these games just through transition and maybe an open three here or there that just helps so much compared to the Spain game or the Brazil game or, or I guess in Spain, in the Spain game, he, he scored a little bit in transition. Um, but for example, the Spain game where he, he only made one shot when the game was over. Right. And you just need him to, to get out in transition. And he did that. And um, I, I want to shout out Dylan Brooks. I don't, it sounds like he just got kicked out of the game for talking too much, talking, yeah, yeah, too much shit. But at the same time, um he's 55 percent from three it was so funny i was i was writing this tweet i felt so smart hey like dylan brooks like i've seen him in the gym he's like the best shooter it looked like in the gym just from like stand alone three-point shooting not off the dribble necessarily he was he had the most (laughs) would make the most makes um but uh, as soon as I tweet that, he gets ejected. Um, so maybe <laughs> I should never tweet about about Dylan Brooks in a positive way again. But uh, I thought he was just the second best player on this team for Canada today, just because of the defense he provided, as we mentioned, and just the the shot making ability. Like, and he didn't take bad like he 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 the bad shots he takes he's been making. So um, yeah, yeah, that one kind of fade away. Yeah, I was thinking of the yeah, same one, yeah. and I'm like, no, no, yeah, whoa. I didn't know. He, I think I tweeted. I, I don't. I didn't know he had that in his bag, um, and he got the bag. So maybe that's why. But uh, overall, he was just so impressive. And I mean, the shot making ability. And it's obviously a small sample size. I'm not going out and saying he's going to shoot 55 percent from three for the Rockets this year. But yeah, yeah. he's been their most consistent knockdown shooter, other than maybe Nikhil. So um, it's been a really just man. The Rockets. If this is the way Dylan Brooks plays and Sure, maybe he gets suspended a couple games for too many flagrants and texts. Either way, um, just what a performance for for this team and and the way he's been playing. It's just been a pleasure to watch. And that was the worry was, is he going to take dumb shots? Is he going to be all over? And he took, what, five shots today? Or no, I think a bit more. Seven. Seven, seven, right? Had 14 points. Like, that's... That's yeah, what he you wasn't want. in foul trouble that much today too, which has been the thing that's kind of limited his like playtime. Um, of course, you know he ended up getting ejected, but like you know, <laughs> leading up to that, it was looking pretty good. Um, yeah, and I think it's interesting. So I think for me coming into the tournament, I was thinking, okay, this is the SGA and Kelly Olynyk core, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of what we've you know I don't know I know Wit is also kind of um on board with that kind of um, thinking too. Um, but yeah, honestly, like in the knockout stages and in that Brazil game included, honestly, like I think Dylan Brooks has been their second best player. Um, obviously his defense has been incredible, always guarding kind of the best perimeter player on the other team. Um, whether that's Iago Santos, whether that's Luka Doncic, um, but I think his offense has really given Canada kind of like an injection of like from the perimeter because yeah in that spain game like i know oh, like i mean yeah the he they don't shots. win that game without him as much as sga was great they yeah they exactly you know the three-point shots of course you know the kind of catch and shoot threes you're you know you kind of hope dylan will hit some which he has but i think there's a lot of kind of off the dribble stuff that he was doing in that game where he was kind of you know taking a couple of dribbles and then just like lowering the shoulder on santi eldama yeah and then he was getting to the rim and he was finishing and then he, he even had one of those drives where you know he pitched it back to powell on the roll mm-hmm. for the dunk yep um and so i think i think honestly and with the way olinic has been playing i know we touched on this but 
I have like the stats here and before and so against Brazil and against Spain, kind of his two when this poor kind of run has started for him, he was minus 12 and minus 16. Um, uh, you want to know what his plus minus today was though? Yeah, no, I have it right here. So this is the <laughs> okay. first game where he's, he's like his scoring or like, cause you know, I was looking at him as kind of the secondary offensive option, but in those, th- but you know, today he only had seven points um, and he was plus 27. So he definitely was able to impact the game in other ways today. But I think, yeah, with Kelly kind of struggling, Dylan Brooks has kind of emerged so far as like the second kind of offensive option. Um, especially in that Spain game. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, shout out to him. Yeah, you know, he, yeah. he's been amazing. And I think without, definitely without Dylan Brooks's performance, we pro- we're probably not here in this position. Um, I just want to touch on like talking about a little bit about RJ, um, which I totally agree with you. You know, the 24 points, it it's looks a like a nice number, I'm not saying but... he played bad, but. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's just, he definitely just has a lot of struggles. Like if you just watch like a drive from RJ versus like a drive from Shea, the fluidity is just like night and day. Like, and I know it's like, it's not a fair comparison to RJ, but like, if you watch him play, it's like, it's really clunky when he's driving. And if he doesn't have like the angle or like the physical kind of leverage positioning, he doesn't really have the best touch and you get Mm -hmm. some kind of bad misses where it only hits the backboard or, you know, it's just an air ball, but like you said, you know, transition, he was good today in transition. And I think whenever he has those, like, whenever he he's, like, kind of driving downhill already or he already has some momentum before he catches the ball, um, things usually turn out a little better for him. Um, but, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I've, I've gotten a lot lower on RJ over the years, um, mainly because I was probably a little too high on him just coming into the NBA. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, you know, he he's been he's been a, lo- a little better in the last two games but yeah yeah i haven't been like absolutely um and it, he hasn't been making threes right and if he he has stretches right like before before the tournament you think he was shooting over 40 percent on decent volume it wasn't one shot a game you're thinking if that's something that's real Oh my mm-hmm. God. And I don't know what he's shooting from three and I'll, I'll check it out right now. It's a the 34%, 12. That's actually, that feels better than it's felt. Um, it, it hasn't. Yeah. Felt it's because the, it's really being carried by the one, uh, La- Latvian game. He was four Latvian. Okay. Yeah. Cause since so, then he's, uh, let me do some quick math here. Four. One of four. Yeah. So since there, there you go. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I mean, but to be fair to him, he was eight of 16 from, two pointers and i mean a lot of that was in transition or but still as i said it's good and it does lead to a bit more offense for him and he's a decent passer right he's not a complete Mm -hmm. dark hole but or black the law today was to power oh my god he did say i could say i feel like he maybe just slipped because it was so bad and he's actually not a bad lob because him and Mitchell Robert Robert Robinson have a little bit of a (laughs) thing going and uh, that's because RJ's actually pretty good at it so um anyways uh I think with Olenek if we go back to that a little bit I thought being plus 27 felt maybe in today's game maybe a bit nice to him but he had this I I wrote it down because I said oh my god in the fourth quarter he had that defensive stop on Luca on -on one-on-one and you're thinking that's if Kelly's doing that can't complain and maybe that's why they were plus 27 but 
Um, he didn't he didn't make his threes today, one of five. He hasn't really played well since the Latvia game um, mm-hmm. in, in a, like a meaningful game, but still brings you size, still brings you flexibility. He has four assists. That's something he's always a playmaker, which this team can kind of get a bit shy of. Uh, Nikhil was amazing other than the two times he took free throws and looked like he was staring and visualizing. And I was telling my family, I'm like, I don't know if that's a good way just to look at the that seems you're overthinking it, but uh, um, and you missed both free throws. But overall, I thought he made just the right. Just he had a bunch of open looks, made a couple dagger shots, uh, one in the fourth, which was like not a, like he had a hand in his face, made it. Um, other than the free throws, I thought he played pretty well. Um, and that's another. Yeah, he's, done a, he's done a good job in kind of like I know Samson has talked about it, but he's done a good job in that kind of gunner role. Yeah, it's kind of similar, I think, to like when Gary Trent Jr. first came to the Raptors, where it's like, you know, we're going to run him off a couple pin downs a game and, you know, off of those like dribble handoffs or something, you know, you you can just shoot it, just shoot it. Um, And he's been hitting that what, 40, 40 percent, 40 percent on like high volume. Um, It's not he's taking I I can't do the math, but almost maybe eight or seven. Yeah, it's seven seven a game, seven a game. So that's what that's really efficient. And if you take out the one of eight versus Brazil, it's all been very, very good shooting. Yeah. So I think I think that's the thing with Nikhil. Like the jumper look, I mean, it's kind of a wonky form, of course, but yeah. you know, in the NBA, and I think somebody got into an argument with me on on like YouTube comments before, but uh like because in the NBA, I know we we kind of talked back and forth also about this, but like Nikhil has always been like an inconsistent and like meh shooter in the NBA in terms of like his career. Um, and I think a lot of that is like kind of being weighed down by his like early seasons mm-hmm. in like New Orleans and things like that. Pretty well this year. I mean, just looking at the set shot 38% from three this year, which is. Yeah, I think it was low, lower volume though. Yeah. Like, the volume was. went down and then his efficiency went up, but, and it's like when he plays mm-hmm. for Canada, you know, you're looking at the 2021 Olympic qualifying tournament and he was fantastic. Um, and I, I really thought that was going to be his, like his breakthrough. Um, moment and he was going to establish himself in the nba um but yeah like it always felt like he had more to offer shooting wise um but it just never seemed to just be able to go in at a consistent rate um Mm -hmm. and so you know doing this obviously this is like a really small sample size of what like six games Mm -hmm. um but yeah you know like hitting 40 percent for on seven threes over a, okay i mean six game stretch but you know that's not something to scoff and I've, I've always thought that there's a little more kind of utility with his shooting than might be there in the nba or that or it's been shown in the past and i you know I'm, I'm glad to see he's playing well and like you know he 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 definitely works on defense yeah um, and i think if, if you look at i feel like nikhil when you compare nikhil obviously he's not like the same level of a defender as like dort or brooks but I don't know if it's like it's because of his hands are like just always like moving. It just it like it jumps out to you more if that makes sense. Yeah. I, think. I keep thinking about the 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 Spain game in the last four minutes when Canada made that run, and it just felt every time Nunez or Diaz, the the guards for Spain, brought up the ball, it just felt okay. I'm just gonna get full court pressured by Nikhil, and uh, I don't think it forced any direct turnovers, but the you know it meant that. Spain was getting their actions a bit later in the shot clock. Yeah. And uh, I didn't actually notice him that much on defense today, maybe because every time I saw he wasn't guarding Luca. So right, that was right, really the, the primary. I think he did a good job on um, a Prepolich. 
Yeah, yeah. I think and, and in the second quarter, Bjorkren, Bjorkren was in the huddle when Luca went out, was telling Nikhil to guard him, and that was interesting. Yeah. And he didn't really go off after um, that. Uh, that yeah, because I think in the in the second quarter today, um, like Prepolich was being guarded by Dort initially, mm-hmm. and he got Dort, some wide open. Yeah, he had those two breakdowns where. You know, he was I think one of them was he didn't stay connected off of like a off ball screen. And then the second mm-hmm. one was he rotated off of him to kind of stop some triple penetration. Um, and then after that, like he they switched up Nikhil onto him. And I think I think that's like where Nikhil fits more in as a defender. Um, like he's I mean, in the NBA, he kind of exclusively guards point guards and shooting guards. Yeah. Because um, you know, he's a little thinner and like the frame isn't great but it, the length allows it's it to amazing kind of be better um and i think he, he he's done pretty well in the tournament defending off ball and kind of making sure you know locking trail on off ball shooters or you know making sure they're staying connected um and i i felt a lot more confident with Nikhil kind of hanging around and guarding uh well what's his name again prepolich prepolich um, yeah because, yeah, I think also Dort is more of kind of an impactful, like, rotation on defender. Like, it, yeah. well, on ball, of course. But, like, also, like, if he, you know, Dort, sometimes he can make big plays, you know, rotating from the weak mm-hmm. side and kind of blocking a shot or getting in the passing lane. Um, And I think that is great. But if that's your tendency with such a dangerous off-ball shooter, like, you can then get burned, which is what yeah. happened. Um, but let's, yeah. let, let's go to Serbia and just maybe the moment for this team – Obviously, they're now at in the, the semifinals, which uh, I know talking to you, I, I think that would have been maybe your your maybe not wildest dreams, but Jonathan, but ahead of the tournament, you would have been very, very satisfied with that result for Canada um, and me, too. Um, but just talk a little bit about the the moment of Canada's in the semifinals of the FIBA World Cup. Um, I know you you know the Serbians a bit better than I do. Um, just as a team, obviously Bogdan Bogdanovic has been phenomenal, um, but I want to see him against a, a Dylan Brooks. Uh, so just just tell us a little bit before we we end off, just what that kind of matchup presents, and just what it's like to to see Canada in the semifinals for you personally. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll answer the first one because yeah, this is like honestly beyond my wildest dreams. I know a lot of people. Um, and I guess rightfully so, you know, they were talking about Canada as a medal contender going into this tournament. Um, and I was like on the complete opposite. And like, I, I know a lot of people were saying like, if we don't medal, it's um, a, a disappointment. I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I wasn't on that. I was Olympics or bust. That was my yeah. way of. Yeah. Um, but I think like, this is like, this is the, the special run that we've all been hoping for. Um, we've all been waiting for patiently since, you know, the quote unquote golden generation of Canada basketball started, you know, this is the run that we've been waiting for. And I think, you know, I was very, I didn't see them making it all the way to the, to the semis, um, like at the beginning of the tournament, mainly because, you know, that draw, it was just so hard. It was hard to get out of. And like, I was like, you know, as long as we make it to the Olympics, like, I don't even care. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's a big moment and I, I'm glad to see that there's, like I said earlier, there's like this interest in Canada basketball now. Um, Give me USA Canada, man. Yeah. I know it'll be seven yeah. in the morning on a Sunday or whatever, but, or eight, I think it'd be 8.30 in the morning, which is a bit yeah. more manageable Eastern time. Yeah, than four. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think with um Serbia, of course, you know, they're, 
the offense is led by Bogdan Bogdanovich. And, you know, he is truly one of the the most dangerous offensive players in terms of being off ball and on the ball. Like he's, he's just an incredible yeah. off ball mover. Um, and, you know, Serbia does so well to kind of give him all of these different, like kind of off ball kind of screens where he can, you know, use them and curl around. And then, you know, if you're not tight enough or you're not staying connected, he's going to hit a three. Um, or if, you know, you're, you're kind of behind on the play, he can snake it and drive and take it all the way. Or he'll just like not even use a screen and reject it and backdoor cut and like, boom, he has a layup. So I think Bogdan Bogdanovich is definitely a very, very dangerous um, and highly efficient offensive player. And it's going to, it's going to involve kind of different defensive focus and scheme and coverages from Canada, like from Brooks and Dor mainly as primary defenders than Luca did. Um, because, you know, you have to be the focus and the discipline has to be there every second he's on the court. Um, but yeah, you know, like the big thing with Serbia is they're a big team. Um, they have a lot, a lot of size. I think they're looking at like their roster right now. Their shortest player is six, four, their guard. Um, and so they, they have a lot of size. Milutunov is great. Petrusev came off the bench last Mm -hmm. um, game against Lithuania and was amazing. Um, yeah. And they're, they're, they're shooting the ball really well. And I think I have to like double check now, but they have one of the most like high scoring offenses at the world cup so far. Um, and you know, they play fast and they hit threes at a really high clip. Um, and so I think the defense it's, it's another test for the defense. Um, kind of in the vein of like the Latvia game and where they're like really good at shooting threes. Mm -hmm. I would say, um, I think as a team right now, they're shooting 38% from three, um, in the tournament so far. And so, yeah, I think it's like, it's gonna, the defense has to, is going to stand up. It'll be another test. We'll see if we can stand up to that kind of, um, offensive explosion and high octane offense. And I think, you think is obviously going to be the size like Serbia has size mm-hmm. um, and that has been Canada's kind of weakness in the past um and we'll we'll have to see can we uh can Olenek can Powell kind of survive um and I think they will I you know what they I, I think they've been like poor defensively sometimes mm-hmm. but you know like they're veterans um but yeah, I think the big thing is definitely going to be the size of Serbia is going to be um, an interesting kind of problem for Jordi to try and solve. But this time we know we have the best player on the court as good as Bogdan is in, in FIBA. That's true. That's um, true. So what what's your prediction from that game, Jonathan? Uh, just to like end it off that way, like, do you think Canada is going to make the FIBA World Cup? Oh yeah, playoffs? you know what? I'm going all, you know what? I'm completely shifting now. I'm 100% <laughs> optimism because you know what? There's nothing to lose now. Yeah, no, they're really like, you know, you know, what's crazy. I was, I mean, there was a bit where when Slovenia was just making every three, I was like, come on, this, no, like, that's not (laughs) like if, if Luca kills us, Luca kills us, but that they were making 10 of 17, this is BS. But, um, overall I just felt so calm. I'm like, yeah, "Eh." no, no, today, like after that Spain game where, you know, I, I, when they came back, I, I, I was so apoplectic from the way the game had gone to that part that i just was in shock i didn't i remember shay making the shot right in front of me he was on my side okay, in nice. jakarta and i'm just thinking holy holy 
Uh, yeah, they're going to win. And there's like people and the Spanish media is right there and they look like they're about to, you know, yeah, and everything worked and... out too because like all the America's teams lost before us as well. Yeah, so I was yeah. tracking that, but I was so, um, I felt more confident in Canada beating Spain than I did on the results going our way. And to be fair, it was three games had to go their way and they all did. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I was on the plane with the Brazilians all the way to Chicago. Um, I wasn't with oh, Bruno. Right. Bruno Bruno said bye to me in Tokyo, which was nice. Uh, felt uh, and then I was on, and I was like, Yago Santos was in economy with me the whole time, and yeah. Bruno. So that was, yeah. Brazil doesn't do right by their players, at least on their long way home. But uh, and then on the way to customs, I was behind De Paula, and I, I forget the other guy's name um, on Brazil, who was who was like a big man, like a seven footer, had a beard, like Diaz. It might be Diaz. Uh, I'll have to go look now as we speak. Uh, so Suarez. just, yeah, it no, wasn't Suarez. Think... It wasn't Suarez. I know who that is, but um, oh, okay, yeah. So uh, feel bad for Brazil, but they they obviously lost, and that's why they're not at the, uh, you know, going to the Olympics. But um, and I, I chuckled with Bruno saying like, uh, the refs really screwed you in that second half against, <laughs> against uh, yeah, no, against yeah, Latvia. He's like, oh man, they always do this, but like I have to be better. But oh, like he was <laughs> just funny. You could tell he was uh, even with me biting his lips a little bit. So, um, but overall, uh, just this game. Just as a Canadian fan, it's like even if they come fourth now, and I'm and me being the the pessimist, thinking that way. I mean, they've made the yeah, Olympics. They've like, they've gone this far. Experience. Their ranking's going to go up so much yeah. from this, right? The big uh, thing is like they're going to gain so much experience in these high leverage games. Like, like this core, which I think is going to carry over to the Olympics, um, having more experience in like high yeah, pressure, high leverage situations, that's going to like carry over to the Olympics, where or even beyond the Olympics, you know, like playing more kind of big time opponents and getting more, you know? more people that will like more people want to watch these games now, especially at the Olympics. So many people are going to yeah. watch it when it's all NBA players, essentially, I'd imagine that'll be an interesting debate and we'll talk about it probably after this tournament yeah, on yeah, this we'll, podcast, we'll but just yeah. um, going forward, like this program is like the NBA talent. I keep, people keep talking, like reaching out to me from like Latvia, France to talk about this team. And I say, this is just the beginning. Like it should have been in 2016, but um, or 15. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, the this is there's so much talent coming up, and maybe they'll they'll never have a big man that is at the level of some of these other countries. But I mean, they're just gonna have so much talent for going I forward. And Zach you've Zach uh, I, 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 FIBA <laughs> Zach Eady, I believe in it may, maybe yeah, when he's yeah. 25 and he's part. a good quote so I appreciate him um so oh, I have uh, one more stat before yeah we go can, for it mm-hmm. um just to tell Canadians to not kind of sleep on Bogdan Bogdanovich no he's sick he is averaging 19 or 18.8 points per game currently but just listen to this efficiency okay he's 85 percent from the free throw line 37 percent from three and 65.6% from two. Oh my God. And a That's... lot of those, it's like a lot of those are like these layups that he has when he's coming off pick and rolls or like when he's playing off ball and he cuts and then their, their, um, their passers are hitting him. Yeah. Like I will say Shay's shooting, Shay's shooting 63, 64% almost from two in this tournament. Uh, yeah. So just is... to frame a reference, that's how good Bogdanovich has been. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, you know, I know they don't have Jokic, but you cannot take Serbia lightly. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, I'm well, confident now. You know, there's nothing. Okay, to well, lose, if we had a, if we have a confident Jonathan, then I, I think uh, Canada's winning the gold. That's that's your oh, prediction. God. I put the words oh, in your mouth, Jonathan. Oh God! <laughs> um, thanks again for doing this. I you know you, you everyone should check your stuff out at uh, Raptors Republic. Um, I don't think anyone does it the way you do. And uh, thanks again for for doing this. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely be speaking soon as. As you said, as you predicted, not only will Canada beat Serbia, but Canada is going to win oh, the God. whole FIBA oh, World God. Cup. <laughs> no, um, but overall, uh, this was great. I, 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 you know, I feel I've lo- I, I haven't lost energy, but just I'm I, I'm at I'm at Shay's calmness right now. Everything's yeah. okay. I've yeah. I've listened to Shay. I've, I've listened to his Instagram uh, or watched <laughs> his Instagram captions. Um, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready for the semis. I'm confident. I'm not, I think I'll sweat if it's the USA, but I think they should beat Serbia. I really feel that way. And uh, just for people to know, um, to plug this podcast, I'll have Doug Smith of the Toronto Star on. Um, It's probably coming out tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Probably auto audio only, but um, so there's, there's definitely more stuff. I'll have a post game uh, podcast, maybe with you Friday or we'll, we'll we'll do something. We'll figure something out. So um, yeah. Either way, uh, we'll we'll be good, and we'll have post game coverage of of the next two games, no matter what finals, semis, bronze. And um, thanks again for all the listeners, and uh, stay tuned to the Weekend Ball Podcast. And thanks again, Jonathan, for taking the time and doing that. This as always, especially after you just hammered out a piece right before this. <laughs> so uh, thank you again, and uh, see you guys yeah, soon. You.